Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, voice of Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Red 5 Radio. Red 5 standing by. This is Red 5 Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Red 5 Radio, the Star Wars podcast that takes an in-depth look at a galaxy far, far away. This week, we'll be talking about a relatively new addition to the Star Wars universe, Clone Force 99. Also known as The Bad Batch, this elite group of clones has their own animated show streaming now on Disney+. During this episode, we'll dive a little into their background and what makes them unique in comparison to the millions of other clones in the Grand Army of the Republic. Spoiler warning, this episode will contain spoilers for Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 7 and minor spoilers for the first 15 minutes or so of the first episode of The Bad Batch. Without further ado, let's get on to it. Red 5, I'm going in. This is where the fun begins. I got a really good feeling about this. Hold on! So why haven't I heard of this squad? Experimental Unit Clone Force 99. The defective clones with, uh, desirable mutations. 99, eh? Huh, nice touch. They call themselves the Bad Batch. In the year 21 BBY, the Separatist Alliance launched an attempted invasion on the cloning facilities on Kamino, where the Republic bred and trained all of their clone troopers. Although the invasion itself was a failure, the Republic did suffer heavy casualties, including the noble sacrifice of a specific clone named 99. 99 was a genetically defective and malformed clone who was deemed unfit for service and kept on Kamino for maintenance duty. He was mourned in death as a true hero. In his remembrance, an elite group of genetically defective clones with desirable mutations was formed. This unit was named Clone Force 99 in honor of 99 and his sacrifice. Although only four clones were assigned to this commando squad, they were just as powerful as an army. Let's talk about each of these clones in detail. I get what makes the other batches unique. But what's so special about Hunter? He can put up with the other three. He was engineered with heightened senses. A place like the Cyber Center, Hunter can feel the electromagnetic frequencies from anywhere on the planet. And here I thought we were smart just using a holo map. The commanding officer of Clone Force 99 was a commando sergeant named Hunter. Hunter's genetic alterations gave him heightened senses, which allowed him to hunt and feel electromagnetic frequencies, and made him one of the Republic's best trackers, or hunters. He had a mullet of sorts and wore a red headband, which donned a white skull, which was the unofficial insignia of the Bad Batch. The left side of his face was tattooed with a massive skull, almost in the style of war paint. Strong and stoic, Hunter had a strong sense of morality, and always did what he thought was right, regardless of orders. He was a highly skilled tactician, and developed unusual combat strategies to utilize each member of the team's unique skills. Bad Batch, Plan 82, Shockwave. 
While Hunter used blasters, he preferred his vibro knife, which he utilized with deadly efficiency. Hunter, like the other members of the Bad Batch, wore modified black commando armor with unique red and white paint. He is pretty much Star Wars Rambo, in my opinion. Crosshair, on the other hand, is not much of a conversationalist, but when you have to hit a precise target from 10 clicks, Crosshair's your man. CT9904, nicknamed Crosshair, was the sniper of Clone Force 99. His genetic mutation gave him exceptional eyesight, which in turn enhanced his abilities as a marksman and made him the ideal sniper. While most clone troopers stood at about 5'11", Crosshair was 6'4". He had an unusual dislike of regular clone troopers, whom the Bad Batch often referred to as regs. What are you looking at? We don't usually work with regs. Regs? He's talking about regular clones. I don't take it personal. Unlike his teammates, Crosshair was a man of few words. He was rather crude and wasn't afraid to offer his criticism. He had a rather dry sense of humor, which often put him at odds with his teammate Wrecker. Hey look, Crosshair! This little clanker likes you! <laughs> Grow up, Wrecker. Crosshair had cropped gray hair and was often seen with a toothpick in his mouth. He had a tattoo of a sniper crosshair over one of his eyes, which matched the paint on his customized armor. He truly embodied the silent but deadly stereotype. Please tell me we are blowing something up! Sorry, Wrecker. This is strictly stealth. Ah, uh, I hate that word! Wrecker, checking in at 6'6", six six, was a massive, unstoppable force. He was much larger and stronger than your average clone. His strength proved to be enough to lift an entire Republic gunship, and he has seen regularly one-arm bench-pressing droids for fun. Wrecker serves as Clone Force 99's muscle and demolitions expert. He really likes blowing things up. Wrecker, like his teammates, wears custom black commando armor, but his has a white monster skull decorating his helmet. His face was scarred on his left side, leaving him with a white eye. As of right now, it's unknown if it's a cybernetic eye or if it's simply blind. Wrecker was shown to be capable of blasters, but he preferred to use his fists in a fight. He also wielded a massive vibro knife. His only major weakness was his fear of heights. Hope nobody's scared of heights. Well, I'm not scared of nothing. I just, when I'm up real high, I got a problem with gravity. Wrecker's massive build also makes up for his lack of intelligence. He often doesn't understand subjects, but he does understand that he needs to destroy. He also has a stuffed animal named Lula. She is very important to him. That's why all those Yavik males tried to eat us. Uh, technically they were trying to mate with us. And for your information, the stinger of a Yalvik queen is a delicacy on some planets. They call him Tech. Yeah, he can fill your head with useless info for hours. Tech was the brains of Clone Force 99. His genetic mutation gave him an incredible aptitude for science and technology. His many skills include engineering, hacking, decryption, and language translation. What he lacked in size, he made up in brains. His intellect ensured the Bad Batch was successful when pure brute strength wasn't enough. Anybody got a brilliant idea? I do have a brilliant idea. Tech was very eager, very talkative, and often volunteered trivia facts about the subject at hand with no hesitation. 
His heavily modified armor had a special visor, which also acted as a computer display, which connected with a data pad on his forearm, allowing him to utilize a number of functions. On a computer, Tech was able to solve issues faster than some droids. He also tended to record all sentient sounds he encountered and log them in a database so he could analyze them later. It records everything. It's a hobby. While Tech was the brains, he was still very skilled in combat, utilizing twin blasters in battle. He often wore goggles and was considerably thinner and younger than the other clones. There they are. Hunter, Crosshair, Wrecker, and Tech, the four founding members of Clone Force 99. We'll now talk about their introduction in the Clone Wars and the team's activity moving forward. During the course of the Clone Wars, the team worked with Commander Cody on several occasions, and it set a reputation for being reckless and wild, but were also known for their 100% success rate. I've heard mixed things about these guys. They have a 100% success rate. It's not that they win, it's how they win that worries me. Despite working with Cody multiple times, they didn't necessarily report to anyone in particular. I know you work with Cody sometimes, but who do you guys report to? Hmm. Good question. Can't say I've got an answer. Towards the end of the Clone Wars, Clone Force 99 was putting down an insurrection on the planet of Yalbic Prime. During their mission, they received an urgent summons from Commander Cody, asking them to come to the planet of Anaxis. The Republic forces on Anaxis had repeatedly been beaten by the Separatist forces. Cody's theory was that Captain Rex's strategy book had somehow fallen into Separatist hands, and he wanted to take a covert team behind enemy lines to find out. Well, the droid army uses analytics to predict our strategy. The first time we use a tactic, it's very effective. The next, less so. In fact, the more we use a certain tactic, the less effective it becomes. To counter them, we're constantly working out ways to vary our attack. Counterattacks are so specific, it's my strategy that droids know. My playbook. What do you propose? Let Rex and me take a small squad behind enemy lines. There's a separatist cyber center which relays all battlefield intel to their command ship. If we're going to find anything, it'll be there. That's where the Bad Batch comes in. So, what squad are we taking in? Clone Force 99. Once arrived on an axis, Clone Force 99 joined fellow clones Cody, Rex, the ARC Trooper Jesse, and Kix on their mission to infiltrate the nearby Separatist Cyber Center. So, Commander, what kind of suicide mission do you have for us this time? Let's get going. We'll brief you on the way. During their flight, the gunship was shot down and Cody was critically injured. Wrecker, get him out. Get back! This is ridiculous. He's gonna need help to get Cody out of there. <laughs> He's gonna get the gunship out of there, not Cody. The Bad Batch fended off the attacking droid forces, showing off their unique combat methods. Wrecker utilized pieces of the wreckage as mobile cover, while Tech calculated the angles for Hunter to throw EMP grenades, while Crosshair sniped them. Once the droids were defeated, they made camp and called in a medical evac for Cody, with Kick staying with him as he was the squad medic. With Rex assuming command, the clones went on to capture a nearby outpost and advanced to the cyber center. Alright, what are your orders? We pick them off from the tree line one by one? Actually... 
I was thinking we'd take a page from your book. Rush them head on. <sighs> I like your style. The clones held off an overwhelming number of droids as Rex and Tech worked the computers at the Cyber Center. They traced the source of Rex's stolen combat algorithms to a signal being transmitted from the planet Skako Minor. Found it. This is strange. It's not a program. It's a live signal from another planet, Skako Minor. Tech noted that it wasn't simply a transmission, but in fact was broadcasting from a live signal. Find out who is sending that signal. Ask who that is. CT-1409. CT-1409. I don't believe CT it. The live signal was a clone. At this point, I should probably note that all clones have identification numbers. CT stands for Clone Trooper, and their number is their designation in the Grand Army. Commanders, instead of being called by CT, were identified as CC. Cody, for example, is CC2224. As the squad evacuated, Tech asked Rex what those numbers meant. That number, Cap. What did it mean? CT1409. That was Echo's number. He's alive. Now, if you haven't watched The Clone Wars, right now you're probably like, wait, 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 who's Echo? And we'll briefly get into Echo's backstory. We follow Echo's journey in the Clone Wars from a clone cadet in training on Kamino, all the way to his promotion as an ARC trooper for his valiant service during the invasion of Kamino. Echo actually held 99 as he died after being gunned down by battle droids during the invasion. In his service, Echo became good friends with his fellow ARC trooper Fives, who had been by his side since training. He also served regularly with Captain Rex and Commander Cody, becoming good friends with them as well. During a top-secret mission to save a Jedi Master from the Separatist Citadel, Echo was presumed killed in action when the shuttle he was boarding was blown up by an anti-air turret. While Echo was lost, the mission was ultimately a success. At this point, he was presumed dead, but severely injured and captured by the Separatist forces. He was kept alive essentially by becoming a cyborg, with mechanics replacing his right arm and lower half of his body. The Separatists used Echo, who was unable to resist, and accessed his knowledge of Republic algorithms and combat methods, specifically Captain Rex's playbook. Echo is placed in stasis, preventing him from fully gaining consciousness, and forcing him to constantly feed the Separatists' combat strategies. Echo's a clone who really does deserve his own episode, but that's not what we're here for today. Now that we're up to date on Echo's backstory, let's get back to the Bad Batch. So Rex has effectively learned that Echo is alive, or at least his consciousness is being used to combat the Republic's military efforts. To help uncover the truth of what happened, Rex convinced his general and friend Anakin Skywalker to lead a mission to Skako Minor to rescue Echo. Even though he agreed to the mission, Anakin did cast doubt on the fact that Echo was alive. Rex, I hate to say it, but you have to prepare yourself for the possibility that Echo is dead, and this is all a Separatist trick. Sir, I've watched so many of my brothers fall during this war, and I try not to hang on to any one of them. But that changed when I heard that Separatist transmission. It was no algorithm. That was Echo's voice. Anakin, Rex, and the clone troopers of Clone Force 99 
arrived on Skako Minor, and after a brief encounter with the locals, made friends with the native villagers. Under the pretense that they would leave the villagers neutral in the war, of course, the clones were guided to the Techno-Union base on the planet. The base itself was located high in the clouds, only accessible by an elevator, much to Wrecker's dismay. How far up are we going? Don't worry, Wrecker. I'll hold your hand. Hey, cut it out, Sarge! Anakin's ultimate plan was to utilize stealth, but with Wrecker, stealth wasn't really an option. Remember, this is a stealth mission. No blasting, no blowing things up, nobody knows we're here. So much for stealth. While they fought the battle droids at the base, Tech realized he could only track Echo's signal when he was transmitting data, which led the team to split up and search every room in the base. Well, I have a new theory. I'm surprised I did not consider it earlier. The signal is only traceable during data transmissions, so until Echo dispenses more intel, I cannot pick up the signal. Hunter, Rex, Tech, and Wrecker went together, leaving Anakin and Crosshair. Soon after splitting up, Echo's signal returned, and Hunter was able to identify the room it was originating from. As they tried to enter, a nearby screen showed a transmission from Watt Tambor, the foreman of the Techno Union, one of the many corporations that made up the Separatist Alliance. Your algorithm predicted nearly every move you made to infiltrate her home. There is no algorithm. We know you're holding a prisoner of war here. Prisoner? I don't know what you mean, Captain. I am leaving here with my friend. Your friend is dead. His mind is ours. Liar. A large squad of battle droids arrived and surrounded them, but they were destroyed by Anakin and Crosshair, who arrived and cut the droids down from behind. As more droids showed up, Tech opened the drawers long enough for him and Rex to enter. Inside, Tech and Rex discovered a stasis chamber, surrounded by control terminals. I'm definitely picking up a life form in there. It seems to be a stasis chamber. I think I can get it open. Tech opened it up, and Echo's cyborg body fell out, covered in tubes and wired into the computer mainframe, barely keeping him alive. Tech began to work out how to disconnect Echo from the system while Rex tried to talk to him. Echo was incredibly disoriented and seemed to think he was still at the Citadel from two years ago. We have to get to the shuttle to escape the Citadel. No! I'll go first. Echo. No! Echo! It's Rex. No. I'm here. No! No! Rex, you, you came back for me. Yes. Yes, I did. What? What happened? Where am I? It's okay, Echo. You're safe now. Just sit tight, Trooper. You're going home. After Tech disconnected him, Echo collapsed. Uh, Rex! What is it? <coughs> I got a big headache. <laughs> Better to feel something than nothing, old buddy. At least he still had a sense of humor. The group evacuated when Echo pointed out an escape route through a cooling vent in the system, which led him to reveal he had access to the entire Techno-Union database. How did you know it was up here, Echo? Well, they got access to my memory, but I got access 
to the Techno Union database. All their plans, inventory, building schematics, everything. The vent led them to a pipeline on the outside of the base, which was suspended hundreds of feet in the air. While walking across to a nearby landing platform, they were cut off on both sides by battle droids. But Tech formulated a way out. He replicated the call of the native creature, the winged Kiridak, which summoned a flock of Kiridaks to their position. The group then rode the Kiridaks to safety back to the main village, but was pursued by droids. As the clones arrived back at the village, the chieftain was angry that they had brought the war back with them. Rex agreed that they had broken their word, but managed to persuade the Politex to join them in fighting the Techno Union when they were attacked. He says that we have broken our word. We have brought the war to his village. You're right. Tell him he's right, Tick. Tell him we didn't plan to drag his people into war. But look what the Separatists did to one of our people. They took away his freedom, his humanity. They tried to turn him into a machine. The Techno Union claims it's neutral, but they have chosen sides. Now, your people have to choose. Couldn't have said it better, Rex. When the droids arrived, they were accompanied by two Octopatara droids. Essentially, they were giant three-legged walking cannons. The Octopatara droids quickly overwhelmed the natives, but weren't enough of a match for Anakin who ended up leaping on top of one to bring it down. Still showing off, my general. You know me, Echo. The Bad Batch and Rex took down the other Octopatara droid, and the remaining droid forces retreated. As the group prepared to leave Skako Minor, the chief told them they would always have an ally on Skako. He said the Jedi will always have an ally here on Skako Minor. Rex assured Echo that things would be just like old times but Echo remained uncertain about the future. Hopefully it's gonna be just like old times. Yeah, just like old times. Upon returning to Fort Anaxis, the Republic still had to defeat the Separatists and take Anaxis. Echo revealed that his cybernetic enhancements gave him access to the Separatist schematics and blueprints. He pitched a plan to the Jedi Generals who approved of the mission. While Master Windu leads a team to retake the assembly complex, the Bad Batch will escort me into Trench's new Commvault, which, according to current intel, is now located on this Separatist Dreadnought above Anaxis. Once I'm plugged in, I can feed Trench strategies, but this time, you'll know every move before he makes it. And you are certain that if we get you on board that ship, that you can convince Trench's army to do what you want? Absolutely. Unfortunately, I've been doing this for a while, but this time, I can help bring about a Republic victory instead of a defeat. Anakin and Clone Force 99 went with Rex and Echo to infiltrate the Separatist Dreadnought and transmit the falsified plans. While they went along with the mission, Hunter and his comrades didn't necessarily trust Echo, believing that he was a Separatist spy. Echo says he's got a plan. That makes me feel so much better. What do you mean by that? To be blunt, his mind belonged to the Separatists until we unplugged him. We don't really know where his loyalties lie. Yeah. Well, I know. The plan, as Anakin stated, was strictly covert. Once they had discreetly landed aboard, they made their way to the communication vault. Tech rigged an interface for Echo to use and masked his signal, making it appear 
as if Echo was still transmitting from Skako Minor. Echo began this just as Trench attempted to contact Skako Minor, intercepting the message and successfully taking over Trench's strategic algorithm. Mobilize all troops on an axis to the assembly complex. The Republic will not send reinforcements. They will put all their faith in the Jedi. Although Kenobi, Windu, and their forces were already under heavy assault from the droid assembly complex, the signal Echo sent out sent a majority of the remaining battle droids to the Jedi Master's location in order to gather the droids together, ensuring the two Jedi that it was all part of the plan. Don't worry. That's what I told them to do. But our troops will be vastly outnumbered. Not when I send them a feedback pulse that shuts down all the droids. How do we know that's what you're really going to do? We have to trust him. Rex is right. Echo, we're all counting on you. Once the battle droids surrounded the Jedi, Trench believed himself on the verge of victory until Echo remotely sent a large feedback pulse that overloaded all of the battle droid circuitry and left the Jedi and the clones victorious. As part of his contingency plan, Trench remotely activated a large bomb he had built in the assembly complex's reactor core which Echo detected just before they were about to depart Trench's Dreadnought. Wait, I just scanned a new order from Trench. He's initiated a countdown. There's a bomb, hidden at the assembly complex, but it's big enough to destroy most of an axis. He informed Windu, who evacuated all of the Republic forces in the assembly complex, before attempting to disarm the bomb with Echo's remote assistance. However, before Echo could give Windu the final disarming sequence for the bomb, Trench, who had discovered the source of the Echo signal, deliberately targeted Echo's neural system and jammed it, knocking the clone trooper unconscious. Skywalker had anticipated the possibility of Echo failing to disarm the bomb and had gone to the Dreadnought's bridge to confront Trench himself. Anakin was able to force Trench into revealing the final sequence of the bomb, which was relayed to Windu and used to disarm it and secure the facility before he was forced to kill Trench in self-defense. In the meantime, the clones fought their way through the Dreadnought's defenses to make their escape. Both Crosshair and Wrecker destroyed a large number of droids that ensured a clear pass to the ship, and did so while playing kind of a game. If you've seen Lord of the Rings, Gimli and Legolas have that game that they play where they compete for kills. In this instance, Crosshair and Wrecker compete for the coolest kill. Not necessarily numbers, but who can do it the best? After boarding the Bad Batch's transport, Echo regained consciousness. Anakin also brought a gift for Wrecker, the detonator to self-destruct the Separatist Dreadnought. I've got a present for you, Wrecker. Oh, seriously? I'm gonna blow it up? The whole stinking thing? This is the happiest day of my life. Due to the mission's success, the Republic forces retook their vital assembly yards on Anaxis. Echo became known as the hero of Anaxis and was promoted to a clone corporal. After he, Rex, and the Bad Batch were informed that they would all receive medals for their accolades, Hunter told Echo that they would be leaving. Not really our thing, accolades. Yeah, we're just in it for the thrill. Yo! You sure it's your thing? What do you mean? Your path is different. 
like ours. If you ever feel like you don't fit in with them, well, find us. Rex, who wanted the best for his friend despite no doubt wishing he would return to the 501st, encouraged his friend to go where he felt his place was. Those are some of the finest troopers I've ever fought alongside. Echo, you and I go way back. If that's where you feel your place is, then that's where you belong. Echo made the choice to stay with the Bad Batch, and when he joined them, the whole squad turned and gave Rex a parting salute. Here's where we get a little spoiler-ish. We'll briefly be covering the opening sequence of the Bad Batch Episode 1 with as few spoilers as possible. Any names or characters other than the Bad Batch Troopers are going to be left out as they aren't crucial to the story we're telling today. At the end of the Clone Wars, Clone Force 99 found themselves on the planet Kalar, assisting a battalion of clones and their Jedi Generals against the battle droids and their tanks. As the Bad Batch finished off the droids and prepared to advance, Darth Sidious issued Order 66, resulting in the clones turning against their Jedi Generals and executing them. Clone Force 99 was blindsided. What? What just happened? The comm channel is repeating one directive. Execute Order 66. Yeah, I heard that too. What's Order 66? I am not certain. Hunter sent Tech to figure out what was going on while the rest of the squad hung tight and awaited an explanation. After talking to the clone captain of the nearby battalion, Tech informed the group. We have a situation. Tell me something I don't know, Tech. It appears the Rex have been ordered to execute the Jedi. What? Which Jedi? All of them. They're saying the Jedi have committed treason. That would explain things. It doesn't begin to explain things. After Kaller, Clone Force 99 was recalled to Kamino. There, they pondered why the regular clones were acting so strangely, and all had apparently known what Order 66 was, while the Bad Batch had no idea. Tech proposed one theory to this. Because of the Reg's programming. What programming? It's been well documented that the Kaminoans inhibited the cognitive functions of clones to engineer them to follow orders without question. Ha! We sure don't! Obviously we are different. They manipulated pre-existing aberrations in our DNA, resulting in your brute strength, Crosshair's sharpshooting skills, Hunter's enhanced senses, and my exceptional mind. My guess is we are immune to the effects of the programming, though I can't be 100% certain of it. What about Echo? He was a reg before he joined us. Yeah. If all regs were programmed, why didn't I react like the others? The damage you sustained on Skako Minor most likely wiped out all of your preset behavioral modifications. Soon after, a general assembly of all the clones on Kamino was called. The group, along with hundreds of other clones, watched as Palpatine declared himself Emperor, marking the formation of the Galactic Empire. Galactic Empire! Galactic Empire? And that's where we're leaving off today. Obviously, I left out major details and more than half of the first episode of The Bad Batch, 
but since the show just started, I do want to leave that excitement of watching the show as well. Uh, the Bad Batch will clearly have more content and misadventures to talk about. Between the five of them, there's plenty of adventure to go around. The rest of the series will focus on them finding their way in the galaxy post-Order 66. Thank you for joining us this week on Red 5 Radio. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't watched any of The Bad Batch yet, I highly recommend you do. It is on Disney+. Plus. New episodes release Fridays. Have a great rest of your day. Drink lots of water. And remember... Good soldiers follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. How did that get in there? That's not supposed to happen. We're smarter than this. This is what's supposed to happen. Remember, the Force will be with you. Always. <laughs>